You have just entered the Katie Ma podcast. Keyboard plus mouse or die. Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to episode 39 of the KB Mod Podcast. Good to be back with you this week. And uh, we've got a special guest this week. Um, Todd Harris is with us here today. We're excited about that. How are you doing, Todd? Hey guys, doing great. Thanks Probably for uh, introduce, having me on. Yeah, no problem. Probably should introduce who you are. I think a lot of people know who you are if uh, they're in the Tribes community, but uh, you're the CEO of, uh, of <laughs> I'm sorry, Wow, Scott, wasn't the name that got you? High Res Studios, yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, we appreciate you letting us uh, pick your brain here a little bit on uh, some of this stuff. Um, and we got the usual crew. We got Dan Dan here, we've got Brandon, and we've got Nick Fenton, and I think John wasn't able to be on this week, um, so he will be missed. But, um, yeah, Mark, right? <laughs> He will be missed. He will be, he will he's be not dead. He's not dead. Rest yet. in peace. Uh, R.I.P. John. R.I.P. John. It's cool. Um, but yeah, um, so Todd, uh, I think we want to just kind of get into this and maybe if, I was wondering if you could give us kind of a little bit of an introduction, uh, for people who don't know your background and stuff like that, kind of where you got started, how did you, do, um, start working for high res, uh, maybe even just maybe your gaming history a little bit too. I know that's a bunch of questions, but you can choose any of those that you like. Okay. Cool. Get us started. Yeah, sure. So, um, I've been at high res since we started the studio in, in 2005 and, um, Basically, it's kind of like I went to college with, with guys that had worked in the real world, and then they were in college, and they worked a lot harder because they had you know, seen what the real world was like. And, and that's kind of my gaming background is that uh, I did a lot of professional software development before I got kind of fortunate enough to, to land back in the game industry. So uh, the reason I'm always grinning on all those videos is I'm just like really happy to do games because it's, uh, <laughs> it's so much better than... than uh, than other ways to make a living. So, um, but uh, I guess gaming history um, is mainly I'm, I'm a fairly old guy. So it's uh, it's the platforms were the arcade Casey's arcade that I could walk to. So uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of my game design theory comes from from that. You know having something be fun from the from the very beginning and accessible. And then a lot of PC gaming. Um, my dad actually was an IBMer for. For 30 years, he was a programmer. So he, uh, wow. he brought home one of the first uh, IBM PCs. I mean, literally, there was an employee lottery, and he got a lucky number, and we ended up getting one of the first PCs. And um, so that's really where I cut my teeth. I mean, I uh, I played the first games. I played every game that came out on on PC. Um, I'm kind of a sampler when it comes to games. So. Uh, I'm less of a completionist and more of a, hey, I just want to see what's out there. So I learned to program um, thinking, hey, I want to make games one day. Went to school, learned programming, and then spent actually, you know, 15 plus years um, doing software development and product development, having nothing to do with games, um, and then ended up, uh, fortunately, getting to land at Hi-Rez Studios in, uh, in 2005. So... Um, yeah, we're an independent game studio. There's 53 of us. We uh, only do the projects that we feel passionate about. And uh, hmm. I don't know how many of your questions that answered, but but that's a little <laughs> bit about me. That's awesome. Yeah, that helps. Well, that, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely where we wanted to start. Um, before we hop into to the actual games, I was going to ask. Um, there's 53 of you. 
you're, you know, you guys have several different projects going, several different games up. Do your employees typically stick with a certain IP, or do you kind of shuffle people around? Yeah, that's a, g a good question. We try to keep people focused um, in an area, um, particularly, you know, the genre and the IP that they that they really are passionate about. But because we're small, we also have to shuffle. So, you know. To looking at tribes specifically, I mean, there's probably 15-ish folks that are um, have been on that project, you know, from beginning up until launch, and uh, and are currently, you know, plan to remain on that project. And then maybe there's roughly five to ten that have kind of contributed um, from various times, probably even closer to five. Um, but as we move forward, we're actually tr working to get people more focused on a particular IP um, because, again, we've just seen that that people, you know, they get into it, they, they love it, they love the sci-fi thing, they love the, the tribe's IP and all the things that go around with it. So as we grow our studio, kind of our strategy is to, is to keep people focused around the IP that they're really passionate about, that they, they love working on. Cool. That's, that's neat. Um, so, you know, you guys, uh, you guys came kind of came on the map with Global Agenda, and then now with Tribes Ascend, obviously, I think, at least from our perspective, it looks like that's been very successful uh, for you guys. Can you kind of, um, I'm familiar with some of the, the backstory behind you guys and the Tribes IP, but can you kind of tell us how you came about acquiring the Tribes IP and then um, actually moving towards the decision to make the game that is now Tribes Ascend? Yeah, definitely. So, um, first, just just as far as high res goes, one piece, an important piece that I that I left out um, that everyone should know about is uh, is Erez, who's the uh, the other founder of the studio. And uh, Erez's background, I worked with him at these other companies um, that I mentioned, and he he founded those companies. And when the companies did well, he made a big old pile of money. And uh, and even though he could have retired like many times over. He decided to invest that money, you know, take a huge risk and, and start a game studio, um, really not as a money-making endeavor, although that's always nice, but he had plenty of money. It was really just a, a passion project. So that's actually what birthed Global Agenda, which you mentioned, is, um, you know, it started out with, with him and myself and four programmers that we had worked with, and then we gradually added other people. And the idea was kind of to build, you know, the game that he wanted to play that no one else had made that was like half a shooter and half an MMO, you know, Halo meets World of Warcraft kind of, or maybe Team Fortress 2 meets World of Warcraft. And so, um, and that was a, you know, a massive ambitious project. Um, we learned a lot making it, you know, it continues to have a really active community around it. Um, but in the process of making that, we assembled all this great talent and then it was kind of, okay, what do we do next? You know, we know how to do shooters. We like jetpacks. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> we've gotten pretty good at Unreal Engine 3. So um, one of the many games we looked at for inspiration um, for GA, Global Agenda, was Tribes. Um, we looked at that for the jetpacks. We looked at that as far as even how we handled kind of the third-person perspective. Um, some of the aesthetic, also the art style. So, uh, yeah, we just kind of started knocking around the idea that maybe we could actually get tribes, like maybe we could actually, you know, do tribes. And uh, when we started talking about that in the studio, 
I mean, two guys in particular, um, Mick, who ended up being uh, lead programmer, and Sean, who ended up being uh, art director. I mean, they were just, they were just, they, they were psyched. You know, I mean, they said, this would be our, you know, be my happiest day at iRes Studios if you guys can actually do this. If you can pull this off and get tribes, you know, we'll do whatever it takes. We'll, we'll you know, we'll work like crazy. We'll make this game. We'll make you proud, all that. So, um, so that was cool. So, you know, there was a lot of passion in the studio for it. It had been seven-ish, you know, years since something had been done. So we reached out to the guys at, um, actually, it was it was Garage Games, which had been acquired by this other company, Instant Action, and and they were pushing this web-based platform, and they were going to bring Tribes back to sell their platform. And we reached out to them and and made them an offer, and went back and forth a few times, and and ended up uh, working it out and getting the Tribes IP. Cool. That's um, that's that's <laughs> funny that that it's like tribes is that inspiration all along, and you actually end up being able to make the game itself. <laughs> um, so we've you know we've seen tribes uh, at least since we started following it, which would have been I guess coming up on almost a year ago, because I remember hearing about it was going to be at QuakeCon and being really excited. And since you know all the way up until the full release of the game, you guys have. Over 400,000 fans on Facebook, you know, definitely huge, you know, huge numbers. Um, what what kind of activity are you guys seeing? Um, how many accounts have been created, and what kind of logins are you seeing per day on on tribes? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we've been real pleased with the reception, and like you said, it's really. I mean, we announced it at PAX East last year. It was playable at PAX Prime, and then we released it basically at PAX East one year later. Um, so the team definitely cranked on it. And um, uh, basically we're, I would say, over a quarter of a million accounts created, so 750,000 accounts created right now. And, you know, we see it's probably right around 90,000 unique folks playing every day wow. um, and, still, and still climbing. So I mean we're we've actually been we've tried to 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 pace our growth you know that's one of the I guess the cool things in my opinion about free to play is it's not like launch day is your biggest day and everything goes down there you know right. you you want to you want to kind of keep growing it and so that's the way we're we're trying to do that is um you know we we've got manage servers and, and uh, trying to make sure people are getting good performance and that means you know adding servers as we add people and so just just trying to, to do that in a smart way so people have a good experience and the community keeps growing so yeah so those are those are the numbers and and we see it uh, continuing to climb so uh, so that's awesome to see that um, you know th there were there were people that we that we showed the game to early on, you know, for feedback, and we were kind of flirting with the idea of using an external publisher and ended up deciding to publish it ourselves for a lot of reasons, but, you know, we were getting a lot of feedback that it's just, it's too skill-based, you know, it's not COD, it's not what people are used to. I mean, literally, it was like, it's too hard, you know, you, you, if you don't dumb this down, it's not going to work, and uh, we ended up choosing to yeah we we would probably say the opposite sorry oh yeah we'd probably say the opposite because we said we actually had a, i think a few weeks ago we had a round table on a how game difficulty is just terrible now yep like nothing is at all difficult um so i'm actually i'm 
pretty bad at tribes, uh, <laughs> honestly, but I still enjoy playing it, um, especially the new domination mode. Yep. But no, for me, the, the higher the skill curve, the better. Yeah, well, I think we'd all agree with that. But. Yeah, that's what makes it last, and it's kind of like, I mean, I, I totally suck at golf, but, you know, one time in my life I had a good swing and I connected with the <laughs> ball, and, like, that might actually inspire me to play again, and that's kind of like, tribes a little bit when you're starting yeah. off you know it's like you swing and miss and you swing and miss you know and one time you connect you know and you get a, a blue plate or even just a kill initially and you're like oh that that felt pretty good you know i think maybe i'll i'll go back for a little more of that so. yeah I've, I've i've felt that same way i put um a video on youtube that was like this incredible moment that i just i don't think it'll ever happen again i go back and watch it sometimes because like those are the kinds of moments that keep you just addicted to a, to a particular game. Um, yeah, it's awesome to hear. So, uh, you know, actually one piece of news this week is that just today um, you guys released the uh, the Raid and Pillage update, a Raider class update, and uh, and put out the, uh, the update to allow people to rent custom servers. Um, so now that the game is fully released, um, do you still plan to put out content at the same pace? I mean, a lot of the beta participants are, are used to those weekly or bi-weekly patches. Uh, do you still plan to, to have that same kind of content rollout? Um, we'll slow down a little bit from beta. You know, we were doing, um, as you said, pretty close to weekly. I mean, there may have been one week that we skipped, but, but just about every week through beta, we, uh, we updated everyone. And so... We'll move to more of an every two to three weeks schedule, which is still a pretty fast clip. And, yeah. um, and so the type of updates that we plan to do are, you know, similar to the, to the two that we've done that were, that were named. You know, we, we visited the Infiltrator class. We called it Cloak and Dagger. There were some new cosmetic skins for people who were into that. Um, something to spend gold on, and then there were weapons that could be unlocked with, you know, with gameplay time or, or experience. And as you said, we just did that for the raider. So that's really our plan: is to um, visit each class, give them some skins, give them some new weapon choices, some new playstyle choices, and release new maps um, along the way. Potentially game types as well, although we've got a, a pretty good mix now. But, but as you mentioned in this last in this last. Uh, patch we dropped a new capture and hold map as well so we'll kind of sprinkle those in along the way and then and continue to do new features um also where they make sense so we're you know continuing to improve the social uh part of the game um so you can you know play with your friends easier follow friends we actually want to work to get kind of a little more integration around um things like streaming in the game um since that's a big part of the tribes scene so yeah. uh so we'll, you know, we'll keep that thing, those patches going pretty quickly. Yeah, I think we we definitely support stuff like that. You know, Scott Scott here works at Machinima. We have John who works at Twitch TV. You know, we we do a lot of streaming and and video type content. So that's good to hear that. You know, you guys definitely seem to really be be paying attention to kind of what the community wants around that sort of thing. Yeah, that's refreshing to hear that companies even thinking about the streaming side when it comes to their game. I know, um, or at least someone talking about it. Um, that's that's great because that's like you. I mean, like you said. I mean, that's the lifeblood of a lot of um, really top tier and, and competitive games. Is that is that audience that loves to watch it? That's right. <clears throat> well, yeah, and really, I mean, the type of game, even with Global Agenda, which was which was a broader offering, and that it had PVE. <clears throat> 
but certainly with with tribes and the other titles we're thinking about. I mean, they're you know they're online multiplayer games. There's really no single player component. So the community side of it is is huge. I mean, you know, the game is just the start of it, and then it's all about the community. So so definitely streaming. Um, you know, competitive scene, um, tournaments, all that is uh, is stuff we want to just encourage. Unfortunately, with tribes, because there's such a great history there of, of competition and clans, you know, a lot of it's just us encouraging um, the community that's already there. So, yeah. So um, you you were talking about you know at the things you're adding of our maps and potentially new game types. Um, Regarding how people can spend the gold that they have in game, um, you know, helping you guys actually make the money and keep, you know, keep the lights on. Um, you know, currently people can buy boosters and the in-game items and and like little things like the ability to change their name. Uh, do you guys have any plans to add other uses for gold in in the future? Well, with custom servers, you know, that's the method that people are now with this last patch able to rent custom servers, and we'll continue to look at. Um, more flexible ways um, for people to do that. Um, you know, we'd like to be able to uh, get it to where you know someone could even rent a server for a very short period of time. I mean, potentially as, as small as a day. You know, to host a tournament or or weekend. You know, community. You know, uh, uh, community night or whatever. Um, so so that that's another sink um, for gold. And then beyond that, we've got some ideas. You know, we'll, we'll continue to try to keep it all cosmetic or convenient stuff um, if it's gold only, um, like we have the skin. So we've talked about voice packs um, being Very probably cool. the, the next thing that, again, the community's asked for. Um, a cool thing that doesn't really affect gameplay and, a, and another gold sink. So. Cool. Yeah, I know. That's uh, the. I remember back in the early tribes days, like all the custom voice packs. That was like everyone had a custom voice pack. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of requests for yeah females and yeah, whatever else. Um, so I, one question that I had in particular was, um, you know, since I I have played the game since closed beta and kind of seen how it's changed a bit um, throughout y'all's development process. Um, so I'm curious, what was the drive behind the, the significant patch back in February that shifted from kind of the buying classes and, and having those ready-made classes to a more kind of streamlined but, but customizable approach where you actually purchase uh, the different guns and, and upgrade each of those, um, which kind of shifted you guys to more of that customizable approach? Yeah, I mean, the, the one-word answer would be community. I mean, we didn't... Uh we didn't have a petition exactly, but uh, but it was uh, that sort of thing. I mean, definitely the the beta community was asking for customization, and um, and we went into Ascend wanting to you know preserve everything that made tribes awesome, but we we felt really strongly about wanting to have a class-based model. We just thought that would be more interesting at the competitive level, at the entry level. Um, and uh, would be a good structure for the game. So, so like you said, our initial idea was classes. We'll introduce new classes over time, and we were pretty inspired by the League of Legends model because we thought they did did a pretty good job of having a balanced free-to-play game. Um, you know, Western audience accepted it, 
and uh, they release new classes over time. So the original thought was like, hey, can we do that with an FPS? <laughs> and uh, if we pick a game that's as, as both you know, tactical and strategic as Tribes, could we do that? And that was one path, but players, um, probably because of you know, what everyone's used to with other FPSs, were asking for, for more customization. And they were certainly used to that from the old Tribes games. So based on that feedback, we thought about, okay, how can we give more customization, but also preserve classes. And um, the most comparable other model out there would be Team Fortress 2, you know, a game that didn't release free-to-play but later became free-to-play, more of a fixed classes plus new weapons approach. And so, um, again, we have our differences from them, but, but based on the feedback from the community, we decided to go more in that direction. That would still allow us to deliver new weapons frequently, keep the game interesting, give players something new to unlock, new toys to play with, but we could keep the game balance the way we wanted to um, because there'd still be a class structure. And uh, what we really wanted to avoid was this coalescing around, you know, a few best weapons that everyone would have and, and the game would get stale. Um, yeah. And so the classes help us do that. So I think, it, you know, I give the, the community a lot of credit for being vocal around wanting customization and our design team a lot of credit around the way they ended up accommodating them. Yeah, I think if, if there's one community you can count on being vocal, it's, it's the tribes community. There's a lot of, oh of hardcore hard and invested <laughs> fans. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you about that. Is that some of the um, kind of... Um, with that community being so vocal and, and the, like you were saying with all the balance stuff that, that also comes into effect when you change anything or add anything. Is that one of the biggest challenges in working on a game like Tribes? Keeping, I mean, you can only keep so many people happy, I guess, but kind of being in that. <laughs> so yeah. A lot, of, a lot of plates to shuffle there. It's definitely a, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a challenge. Um, and I understand, you know, I understand the passion. and I know <laughs> I know uh, they hate because they love. But, <laughs> yeah, but, 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 yeah, it was a, it was a real challenge. I mean, again, like I said, you know, we've got these guys on the team. They, they're, you know, getting tribes is the happiest day in their life. They're working like crazy to make an awesome game. You know, they, they play with the uh, alpha beta group and they, you know, they just go there and see rage because uh, it's, you know, not the same as people remember from, from T1 or T2 specifically and, and, uh, and all the diatribes. So, but, at, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think... Um, didn't make every tribe's vet happy necessarily, but I think their feedback helped us make a better game. And I think we've got a game that has many more people playing it. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, now now we're fortunate to see a lot of letters from vets. You know, that that really appreciate what we did. Obviously, the critical reviews. We, you know, we've been real pleased um, with uh, with uh, the critics' reviews of the game. And uh, a lot of new people that never would have played the old Tribes games are now discovering that awesome gameplay. So, so it's satisfying, but yeah, it was a grueling road to get here. Yeah, I think that your, your point is definitely, uh, I think, a good one, that Tribes Ascend, I think, is already on a trajectory to be more, more successful and probably long, well, maybe not longer lasting than the, the original Tribes games, but certainly from a numbers perspective, you know, a more successful endeavor. 
Um, and I think anyone that says you guys aren't listening to the community, I think, would be crazy because just seeing you guys posting in the forums and, and the changes that have been made, um, you can see that passion come through for the game. So we always appreciate that. Cool. Yeah, that's good to hear. Because uh, and uh, you know, it, it's a fine line you have to you have to walk. But we do, you know, the uh, the team reads the forums. They they're pretty active with posting. And we try to be most active um, with actually delivering changes in patches frequently um, where people see um, see results so yeah well so so kind of um, coming back to the longevity question, you know tribes one and two um, there's still people playing those to this day, uh, so obviously a very hardcore fan base and, and a lot of history there. Where do you see Tribes Ascend going in the next year, five years, ten years? Do you, do you hope to see Tribes on the same sort of lifespan um, as games like the original Tribes titles and Quake and Counter-Strike and StarCraft and that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, as you probably know, we've got, you know, we have uh, eSports aspirations for Tribes since you mentioned, you know, StarCraft and Counter-Strike and Quake and... And I mean, the nice thing is that it is—it's uh, pretty different from what's out there. So we don't really worry too much about the competition um, because uh, other FPSs—they just play very differently, right? And even other games with jetpacks, including our own Global Agenda or, or newer offerings, they just—they play very different um, than Tribes. They don't have the speed. They don't have the emphasis on on momentum. You know, you just literally don't go as high in in any other game um, or as fast. So, so we don't worry about the competition. It's really just you know how big is the audience for that type of game, and we're encouraged by what we see. Um, so we think it certainly has the potential for a for a long life. You know, ultimately will the uh, the gaming populace will decide, but we're certainly planning to support it for the long term, like I mentioned, uh, as far as keeping the team on it. You know, the nice thing about free-to-play models is a lot of free-to-play games, the ones that are successful tend to not even really kind of peak, even as far as the revenue that they're bringing in, until year three. So, and again, that's just an average. So some go much longer than that, and that's only talking about peak revenue, not when they can still be very, um, you know, very successful endeavors that that keeps a dev team on it and keeps the game living and supported. So, yeah, I gotta say, as far as the the uh, esports part of it, to me, that's the mark of a good game. Um, usually, if it can be played in a competitive uh, kind of arena and and work for a long time then it's usually i mean that's why you know counter-strike sources and counter-strike 1.6 i mean they're still played at a very high level <laughs> and with very high stakes now and would 1.6 come out in like 99 or 2000 scott something like that so it was uh sorry those have lasted uh, forever. uh yeah 99 yeah you're right on that yeah so it's been what <laughs> nearly 13 years here so yeah. and it's still being played at a really high level and I'll tell you, when I watch Tribes' competitive streams when there's a match on, um, you'll see people in the chat who have no idea <laughs> what you know what truly is going on, but they know some dude just killed some other dude going like 250 miles an hour across the map, and uh, that alone is enough 
You know, yeah. it's it's just so exciting to watch. I'd much ra- rather watch that than um, even and ProMod something I enjoy, but I'd rather watch competitive tribes than like COD Four ProMod or something. It's just so so fast and so skilled. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that impressed me. I mean, again, even before we were, you know, when Ascend was just a just an early idea and uh and we were watching in the studio some of the tournament play from the older tribes games and i mean the two things that that kind of jump out at you are one you just have these i mean i call them like the holy crap michael jordan moments right i mean you just have because the game is like this whole air ballet and and uh there's just so much kind of individual skill that that can shine when you're doing across the map you know midair so you one you have these highlight reel moments which is cool and obviously sports like and then two because of the capture the flag gameplay you can kind of tell this narrative you know it's not just two guys round a corner and and one of them clicked first and the other one died sort of thing you can tell this whole narrative of uh here's what the offense is doing and here's what the defense is doing and and here's the midfield and uh i don't know just even kind of the words that were used had a lot of more direct mainstream sports analogies um that i you know that i could relate to um immediately so anyway um we're obviously trying to carry a lot of that spirit forward um with uh tribes ascend that was in the original tribes franchise as kind of the original internet sport basically mm-hmm. yeah and um along with that did you guys now you kind of answered this anyway but was in development was it said that like we need to develop this to be an esport title or was that not really something that truly entered into it I don't think we we didn't use the term esport. We we think as far as competitive gaming. I mean, down from um, and this is more Erez than myself, but I mean the again the the founder, other founder, the type of games he enjoys personally are competitive games. I mean, across genres, he enjoys PvP. You know, he wants to maximize his elo. He wants to kind of keep you know. He wants to keep competing, um, doesn't tend to play as many, you know, story-driven games or RPGs or all the other awesome types of games, but, but, you know, he plays mostly competitive games. So that's kind of the DNA of our studio. So when we built Global Agenda, it was PvP first, let's make an awesome balanced PvP game. We added some other stuff around it. With Tribes 2, it was... Um, or Tribes Ascend, it was also, um, we were originally actually going to go down an MMO path, but once we brought back in the scope, we said, hey, we're just going to focus on awesome competitive multiplayer, not even have a campaign. So that's really how we thought about it, was let's have great balanced multiplayer. And then I would say, you know, while we were doing that, we all kind of started to discover the emerging esports scene, you know, that was that was bigger in Asia and, and starting to, to move over here and, uh, and think that the game would have awesome potential uh, as an eSport. Nice. Well, there's uh, obviously, I think so far it's been, um, it's been a dramatic success from, from what we can tell. Um, we've, we've gotten a lot of, uh, I think a lot of people interested in it, and I know that I, you know, I personally enjoy it on uh, just about a weekly basis. Um, but the the most interesting thing here is that that's not the only thing that you guys have up your sleeve. We've got Smite, and uh, so I haven't I haven't really seen as much of it because I wasn't at PAX. Yeah, uh, we but, missed you. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll rectify that uh, here at some point. 
but um, I know Dan uh, got to got to see it, and uh, Nick as well, um, talking about Smite. Um, so I guess let, let's let's talk about that a little bit and um, just kind of tell us what what Smite is, and really um, kind of we've seen the MOBA genre really exploding over the past few years. Um, and it now includes heavy hitters like Valve and Blizzard. And so why, why would someone want to, I guess, what is Smite? And why would someone want to play Smite over all these other games in the market right now? Cool. Yeah, so Smite is, um, you know, it's a battleground of the gods. And, and the shortest way for anyone who's familiar with MOBA is uh, to kind of describe it as League of Legends meets, you know, third-person camera and uh and action controls so like you said it is it is technically a moba because there's towers there's creeps there's three lanes um there's a jungle it's five versus five uh you progress your character which is a uh, a god or goddess from mythology you know and gain levels and and items in the game so all those things are real familiar to someone who plays League of Legends or Han or, or Dota, Dota 2. But the really big difference is that we bring the camera down right behind your playable character, um, similar to a third-person shooter camera, like we had in Global Agenda, actually. And you move around with WASD and the mouse. You're not clicking on the map to move. And every one of your powers is uh, akin to a skill shot. So you're aiming ranged attacks, and you're orienting yourself in the right direction with melee. If you have an AOE, you're, you have like a ground target on the, on the ground, and, and so the enemies can evade. So, um, so the thing is, you know, w once you see it and play it, you know, most people kind of, you know, they leave it, and they're like, wow, that was, you know, that was really different, and it kind of felt, the combat reminded me of like a PvP Battlegrounds, um, whether it's a WoW Battlegrounds or, or other. Um, and the combat kind of has that feel, but it's all within a game type, which is definitely MOBA. So, you know, I think of it as you get all the best parts of an MMO PvP experience, but, you know, it only takes 30 minutes <laughs> from beginning to yeah. end, um, which is very appealing to me, you know, since I got two kids and, and uh, not as much time. You know wife that asked me, are you going to be off the computer by 11? And I can get a game of Smite in every night and, uh, and still be off. And so that's good. So yeah, so that's why you'd want to play Smite, I guess. If you have kids and you still like uh, PvP uh, combat, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Well, I gotta say, when I, um, when I first saw it, I was like, what is this exactly? Because I actually don't play Bobas at all. Uh, but when I got to PAX and saw it there, um, and saw that it was that perspective, because I wasted possibly years of my life in wow pvp um <laughs> in college and then after college uh yeah playing that 12 i think yes i did get ranked 12 <laughs> in classic wow. wow um before the bots took me down um but uh yeah so i was immediately like okay this looks like something i could do um as far as a moba because i'm not a big fan of the uh clicking to move in, in that type of a game. So immediately when I saw the third person, I was like, this looks like uh, WoW PvP. And actually, WoW PvP, when it was really good and when it actually um, was quite popular in, in the Burning Crusade expansion and even in Classic, but 
uh, it was actually getting up on like you know competitions like DreamHack and stuff. We're having tournaments for it, and I was like, this reminds me of that. So that was me. I was immediately familiar with it, as opposed to having to uh, learn the MOBA control system with, with clicking around and um, um, hotkeying skills and all that. So I don't know. I think it feels much more familiar. I can't believe someone hasn't thought of this first. Not to like <laughs> downplay what you guys did, but it was like. Why didn't someone just make a third-person mode years ago when <laughs> when this started? Yeah, that's right. And there definitely are, um, you know, there's some other folks kind of exploring the space, but um, probably none that feel quite, that have the same pacing and, and feel quite the same. You know, I mean, we uh, I, were, uh, were friends with the folks, you know, at, at doing the Super Monday Night Combat, which I would say is, it's technically a MOBA uh, sort of tower defense format. Um, you know, it just has a little more shooter aspect to the combat. Yeah. So there's definitely folks starting to explore it, which is awesome because the MOBA, I think, again, it's a good genre that can keep growing as long as there's enough twists on it and people aren't just trying to, you know, reskin Dota um, again. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is not what we wanted to do. I mean, we actually. We started, it started as like a, a game type at a global agenda. I mean, we actually, we, we had our global agenda assets, and we were like, hey, this could be a, a fun new game type, either within global agenda or within the same IP. And we, you know, we built like kind of a battlegrounds mode and had the global agenda characters um, battling it out with bots and, and towers. And again, it was kind of like tower defense style, but with PvP in there. And it was pretty fun. Um, but... You know, when looking at it, we thought, you know, what could we do to really make this a home run instead of instead of pretty fun? And uh, and there were a few big changes that that came out of that, including um, going with the fantasy genre uh, instead of shooter, and more specifically doing the whole um, mythology thing, which is is pretty cool IP that um, not enough games have explored. You know, Demi Demigod was one game that uh, that did it. Um, recently, but uh, but there's a lot of cool uh, different gods and goddesses and pantheons, and and it gives our awesome artists a chance to you know work with all that reference material and make really awesome looking characters. So um, so it's been a fun game um, to see come together. Yeah, I think I, I echo Dan's sentiment that I'm I'm not a big mobile player mainly because I I just typically tend to gravitate towards games that I can use WASD and, you know, kind of move my mouse around and actually have that, that perspective with my character. Um, so, you know, Smite combining sort of MOBA elements with that WoW PvP feel uh, almost, you know, like WoW, or like Dan, I've, I've dropped more time than I care to admit in, in WoW. <laughs> um, so it's, it's interesting because when I saw the trailer, it looks like you've got some PvE elements to the game as well that, that typically MOBAs don't really have, um, but you've got kind of an end boss and uh, some other bosses. What, what was the, what's the idea behind adding kind of PvE and PvP elements? Yeah, so there's, um, you know, the other MOBAs ha do typically have these buffs that are available from various camps um, in the jungle. Uh, again, they don't maybe play as much as a PvE experience just because you're all top-down, clicking on the map, but, but that was one element that we wanted to preserve, so 
we don't do it exactly the same, but you can, you know, you can go and, and take on the, the harpies with Medusa. And um, if you choose to do that, that side quest, basically, then you can get a, a gold buff, um, you know, for the whole team, get a, get a drop of gold so that people can get more items. Or um, you can go, you know, take down some cyclopses and getting something to, say, reduce your cooldown. Uh-huh. So those are these little side quests that you can make a, a choice um, to go and collect um, versus take on the other players, although, of course, another player might be there as well going after the same thing and, and trying to steal it. And then um, the way the towers work, there's you know friendly towers and enemy towers, and, and basically your job is to, to push those towers and help your, your minion creeps to, to push those towers and take them down. And then um, the final three towers are phoenixes, so they have a little bit of personality, although they're still stationary, but they're flaming phoenixes. And if I um, take down the phoenix in a lane, let's say the middle lane, then while that phoenix is down, I'm spawning flaming minions in the middle lane um, that do more damage and have more health and, again, help me push to the final objective, which beyond those phoenixes is, is kind of your ultimate objective, which is a minotaur. And that is something um, new that we introduced, which is not have the final objective be something stationary um, like an altar, but actually have this minotaur come to life and start swinging his massive axe. And so you kind of get this uh, mini boss battle there with uh, the enemies defending it, the enemy minions, your minions, your friendlies, all in, in typically in, in team fights with the Minotaur um, swinging as well and doing massive damage. So, so that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool ending to every match when the Minotaur actually uh, gets taken down. So yeah, so it was an extension of things that were there in other, in other MOBAs, but again, kind of building on the, the MMO elements of a uh, of little more boss fight mechanics there. And uh, to go along with that, and we just you know we just talked about this with tribes, but uh, was was competitive uh, a huge thing in, in developing Smite as well? Because obviously all these games, pretty much all of them have a pretty. I mean, obviously they're all multiplayer only, but uh, as far you know, League of Legends is obviously massive uh, as far as the competitive side of things. Is that definitely a part of of the development process for the game? Yeah, I try and get for leagues and all that. That's right. Yep, it it was. Again, because we did tribes first and and tribes also kind of built on some platforms that we had for Global Agenda, then um yeah, we again, we kind of discovered and embraced competitive and and esports um with tribes. We built in, we already have, um, we haven't demoed it yet, but a, a very early draft of spectator camera support um, in Smite. So again, towards kind of supporting the whole streaming um, community, that'll be something we'll be real active in. Um, and uh, again, you know, Ares isn't going to be happy if he can't manage up his ELO in, uh, in Smite <laughs> the way he tries to in every other game. So that means we'll, you know, we'll have some sort of ranked um, play also in addition to um, just kind of casual pub play. So, yeah, all those are definitely priorities for us. So um, one final question on Smite, and then we're going to move on to some uh Twitter, couple of Twitter questions from uh, a couple of readers. Um, when d- is there any uh, sort of ETA on the beta for Smite? 
Um, we want to start it before the end of May. We've kind of been shifting the dates um, a little bit, and part of it's just terminology between alpha and beta. So we've been yeah. gradually adding to our alpha group, but um, we wanted to keep it tight, but also a very experienced group of players from other MOBAs specifically. Um, so that's really the group that we've concentrated on and have had going, um, you know, for the past month, basically. Yeah. And so we'll continue to grow that, but before we transfer to the, you know, to the phase that we'd call um, closed beta, uh, that's mm -hmm. going to happen sometime in May. All right, because we really want to play. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, you know. It's one of those games that's even like. Sometimes, I mean, we play it every day, obviously, in the studio and, and a couple times um, a week now. Uh, I play at least in, in the alpha, and it's, it's one of those games when, you know, when I lose, I want to play even more than when I want, win. You know, it's like I just need, like, uh, you know, what could I have done differently? How could I have, how could I have you know, turned the thing around? So, uh, so yeah, it's a pretty satisfying game. Cool. So I think uh, we're moving into some Twitter questions here. We have uh, we have one from Reddish Blue around tribes, uh, asking if we're going to see the inclusion of other tribes like Star Wolf and Children of the Phoenix, rather than just the current Blood Eagle and Diamond Sword. We will move to other tribes for cosmetic skins, but yeah, the conflict itself, the fiction, is um, going to remain Blood Eagle and Diamond Sword. But at some point. If you want to be Star Wolf and, and kind of, you know, be a mercenary for one side, we want you to be able to do that. Cool. Um, next one we, it goes to, uh, to Smite. Crunch asks, uh, most MOBAs have a ridiculous learning curve that turns a lot of new players off. Uh, will Smite be any different? Is it going to be friendlier to newer players? I think the movement, in, in my opinion, kind of like you guys were saying, I think the movement mechanics is actually friendlier because it's just something that more PC gamers are used to with WASD and mouse. So I think that that actually helps. Um, the other thing that we have in the game is an auto skill and auto level button. You guys that played at PAX, you know, that was mm -hmm. like the default setting, although you can turn that off at any time. So, you know, when, you, when you're first playing, you just you, you play the god that you want to play. You learn the powers, but you let our design leads automatic choices take effect on what item build you should go for and how you should level up your powers. And you don't even have to worry about that. So I think that helps. Um, and then good matchmaking also helps. So you're, you know, you're grouped with, with players of similar skill levels. So um, I, I think that compared to the other MOBAs, players will be able to hop in and have a, have a good experience their first time and then kind of, you know, learn more as they go. Cool. Cool. We got uh, got a couple more here. I thought this one this one was uh, something I was curious about myself. From Cozy Sauce asks, uh, how many blue plates do you have to your name? <laughs> I'm gonna have to get back to you, uh, Cozy Sauce, on that. I do not have that number off the top of my head. So. I know I'll probably have more mid-air kills if I start using the phase rifle that we just released. It's uh, it's it's pretty effective at that. So uh, I may be able to buff my mid-air stats with that, but but even those won't count as a blue plate. So I'll have to uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. 
Yeah, that plasma rifle is definitely crazy with with the mid-air kills. I was just yeah. trying that out today. Yeah. Um, so la last question here, kind of around Smite. Um, what not, will Smite have uh, viable characters, or kind of can you give us um, an idea of kind of how you're looking to monetize Smite? Yeah. So um, the current thought, which may change based on feedback in beta, but the current thought is that we will have a set of gods that are free in the same way you have a set of classes and tribes mm -hmm. that are free, specifically five of them, and that they will cover one god from each pantheon, um, that is like Greek, Norse, etc., and also cover all the major play styles like mage, melee assassin, tank, support, you know, so that people should be able to find something in there um, and that a full team could be composed with those five free gods. And then other gods, like League of Legends, will be unlockable through game time or more quickly with microtransactions. Um, so that'll be very similar. And that we would also have skins for the gods, which will be real money purchases only. So, you know, the same kind of philosophy as, as Tribes or League of Legends, for that matter. All right. So I think that's better. Yeah, we just, uh, man, <laughs> just picked your, I could listen to you talk all day. You were a, you were a smooth talker, Todd. <laughs> that's great. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I was going to ask one more question. What is, what is the favorite, um, do you have a favorite setup or thing you like to run in tribes? Do you have a certain uh, class you like to play? I'd be curious on that end. Yeah, I move around pretty often. I'm, I, I play the most because he's free, and we always, um, both Stu, um, the producer, and myself tend to roll soldier a lot just to make sure that he's always fun and viable because he's kind of the free one that most people start with. So we play that a lot and uh, gotten decent with a spin fuser after a lot of practice. Um, and then probably after that, um, I like technician. Thumper is a little OP, but, you know, that's fine. Um, <laughs> So I like to roll that. And then uh, I had been playing a fair bit of Raider ahead of this next patch. Um, I actually haven't played, played on live since we released the patch. Played, obviously, ahead of that, but played quite a bit on live with the default um, Raider weapon. So those are kind of the top three that I've been playing um, on live recently. Awesome. I have one last one last question for you. Does uh, does Bart troll your your company matches in games? Yes, you know he runs with the name uh, Troll King <laughs> in inside High Res, and I still think yeah we're uh, we're still meaning to set up the the one v one Shaz duel between <laughs> him and Joe because there's a lot of uh, internal speculation on which one would would win. Like I said. Like I've said, I mean, Joe puts on a great, uh, a great show. He's the one that often is on the big screen when we're at PAX because um, he can just play a lot of the roles. Bart talks the most trash. <laughs> and, uh, and Bart is, is also uh, a pretty damn good player. So, uh, so uh, it's yet to be seen who, uh, who win in, a, in duel. So we'll, uh, we'll make that happen. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Um, awesome. Well, thank you for coming by, Todd. We really appreciate it. Uh, awesome interview. 
if you have not played uh, Tribes yet, there, you 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 should. Uh, we'll we should have we should have a review for it here in the next couple weeks. Um, but it's already come out to critical acclaim, um, and we'll see Smite uh, here pretty soon. Um, so keep your eyes out for that beta as well. Um, so thanks, Todd, for coming by. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm. Uh you can count me as a listener. I'm a fan of the podcast. Uh, I, I like you guys because you, you'll typically tackle a very deep subject like the state of PC gaming or, you know, what's the nature of free-to-play, and then somehow segue from that to uh, jacking off. So, uh, I expect well, we do you are can. a real listener. You, yeah, sure. yeah, no. yeah. So I expect you to work something in, you know, after this interview, or I'm going to be very disappointed in, in the three of you. So. We won't let you down, Todd. I'm sure we'll figure out a way to, to work that in, as always. Yeah, All thanks right. again uh, for being on. We, uh, we really appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it, guys. That was Todd Harris. What a bro that guy is. What a, what a great dude. Again, him and Jared, man, good for this industry. Good there bros. We well, it's 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 great to hear, like you know, someone that actually knows what they're talking about in gaming, and you, like you, you yeah. can actually talk games to someone, someone who's the chief operating officer of their company, intimidating <laughs> title, and then you know you can just you can talk with them all day about games. Yeah, you can yep. tell he's passionate about it too. I yeah, mean, yeah, that was that was one of the things. Uh, I think I told this to some of you guys, like not not on the podcast, but when I went to the Hawken event. Um, they were all real nice, you know, down to earth people, and uh, we'll we'll have them on at some point, I think. But the uh, the Hawking guys, I actually said to them, I said, you know, we do a podcast, you know, we can get pretty irreverent, and but we can also, you know, we've had Jared on, and I was like, if we want you on the podcast, like, don't send us some marketing PR guy. Like I, t- right. <laughs> I was just like flat out, don't send us that guy. We need someone who's actually Directly. gives a shit about your game and all that stuff. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, and clearly he does. And when I met him at PAX, he clearly was, he was, what he said about, uh, he, he smiles when he's around the game or when he's at like any event, he really is like that. Like he was super excited for people to try his games out. Like he was, he was really into it and you can tell. So it's very cool. Awesome. Yeah. So should we get into a little bit? Um, obviously we did this a little in reverse, but we need to get into what we've been playing this week. And Brandon, before we started, I think you said that you would beat everyone this week. So no, well, well, I mean, you did. Dan, you, that, that I, I did. I did say that. I did right. say that. But Dan, I mean, he's he's been all over the place. Looking at his looking at his uh, his Steam status. Just so he could have been, the crown this week, maybe. It, yeah, exactly. But but no. So first, I mean, I have been playing some tribes. That's that's a given. Um, but I did try. So I, I actually. I watched your video, Scott, on that Sniper Elite demo, uh, and I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I'm not. Actually, I just watched like the first 30 seconds of it, and I was like, no, I'm just gonna play this myself. Nice. So I downloaded that, and uh, that that engine is incredible. I feel like it might be a one-trick pony. Like I wouldn't want to play yeah, a full game, but that demo is is one of the best demos I've ever played. It is um, incredibly good. And I don't even, like Nick Fenton, you bought it, didn't you? I, I pre-ordered it because the pre-order bonus is you get the opportunity to kill Hitler. So <laughs> there you go. That is the pre-order bonus. <laughs> These guys know what they're doing. I was like, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. And I bet it's like a special like Hitler death sequence that's only in that kill in the game. I want to shoot Hitler in the testicles. Well, what's so funny about that too? I did that video and like there was like these hate. There, there was just one hater on the video because I just it was the first time I ever played. It. <laughs> yeah, I saw that guy. You had the block. Thing. I didn't like watch X-ray kills. I didn't try to do doubles. I was just like my first playthrough. Like cut together, and the kid was like, 
he's he made like a bunch of troll accounts just to troll it but he was like oh my god you're so bad at this demo he's like i got like triples and collaterals in the first playthrough you didn't even get an x-ray shot so upset i was like wow i didn't realize a demo your video sucks anyway compared to obviously jesus's meth fueled the meth video today i don't even understand (laughs) a sniper elite v2 Just so, so angry about every kill he gets. It really was. But, <laughs> but yeah, no. I think I agree with you completely, Brandon. I think... I think it would be a tech demo, but it's fucking brilliant, if it is. Yeah, I mean, Nick I will it, give I us a review. As a, as yeah. a Steam sale. Like, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the kind of game that I will buy yeah. for 5 or $10 when but it's on sale. But you will never get the opportunity to kill Hitler. No, it'll be DLC. Unless they... Yeah, no, it'll they, be, it'll be the complete DLC. version by that point. Don't worry, I'm going to get... I'm but gonna I'll get kill Hitler too. before you. I will kill Hitler before you. I will save the world, change the, change how time. Yeah, it's gonna be. Amazing. I am. Uh, so, yeah. so hold on. So I played. I played that. But then, then also this weekend, I, I was in uh, Ventrilo with with a few a few guys, um, younger the younger guys, and I was telling them about Star Wars Galaxies, and I was just starting to starting to nostalgia a bit, and so I'm looking on YouTube for footage of galaxies and and obviously back in like oh three you know when galaxies was in its heyday you know we just we had fraps but you didn't really ever use it because who had the pc to yeah use exactly it. <laughs> like it would turn your game into a slideshow and so there's very little footage of you know i never took any footage there's just very little footage out there of the game back before it got ruined and so I was trying to look for some of this footage, and I stumbled across a video that some guy put up in 2011, 720p, like beautiful, crisp um, gameplay footage. And I was like, "What? What is this? There's no way. There's no way he's gotten this at the time that it was actually." Didn't it close there. in December permanently? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, and and but, I mean, that game itself was like completely different than the game was back in '03. And so I, Wait, this I was three footage you were watching, or you didn't know? No, 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 no. So I didn't know. That's that's what that's why I was so mystified. I was like, he's playing the game as it was when I quit back before Sony ruined it, okay. and and so I was wondering how. So I stumbled across this this project. It's like a community project called SWGEMU. SWG EMU. Uh, com, and it's like this. Uh, it's, an it's an emulated server of back before the first combat update Shit. that like completely ruined the game. And there's, I, I don't know how active it is on like people that actually play, but their forums actually seem pretty active. You know, like 15, 18 page threads on stuff, and uh, and they just they only have like one or two servers. But so you have to have a copy of the game, and then you like you just apply their little tool on top of it to connect to their server. So I uh, I got a copy of the game completely legally, and I put I put their little patcher on, and and on Friday night I was just like cruising around. There was no there was hardly anyone else on the server. Like I I don't know how to do server population counts, but maybe like ten people. I saw one or two, and uh, but I was just like reliving. My experience you were in your glory days, weren't you? Oh, I, I was. I was like, I remembered the planets. I was doing all the the little <laughs> grinds that I used to do. Um, so I was I was going going crazy on some nostalgia. Actually, I want to try and get like a, a group of people and maybe stream it or something, just so people can see it and do the little you know PVE type stuff that we used to do. Anyway, so that was that was my weekend. Two, two. That is cool as fuck, actually. Yeah. 
I wish someone would do the same thing. Splash damage, if you're listening, just remake enemy territory with new graphics. We gotta, we gotta, That's all you have to do. Get Jared on that project. You know, yeah. you know that it's gonna it has to. I can't imagine that IP dying without. No, Wolfenstein has so to come big. back it's in some form. There's no question. Yeah, but the enemy territory thing was like it was just on the Wolfenstein yeah. iteration of that engine, yeah. like of Quake. Like that was the only reason. It was even... They called it Wolfenstein Enemy Territory, but there was no single player. It was just a multiplayer game. Well, but it was... And I think it was originally supposed to have single player. And they, it was, they and they scratched it. it. Yeah. They scratched it, and then they were like, well, we have this multiplayer thing done. <laughs> and Splash Jam was like, well, what are we going to do, you know? So... I was uh, talking about how, like, if if a company would just have the... Kind of have the gut to remake something like Galaxies, where you have combat but you also have the non-combat side. Like, that's what made Galaxies unique among the MMO market is that it wasn't all based around combat. Like, WoW is, for instance, you know, there's, there are, like, little other things to do in the game. You have professions and whatnot, but it's all for the end goal of combat. And Galaxies, you had literally, literally people in the game that would stand in the cantina all day and, and like, dance for people and have conversations like there was just a whole crowd of people that were completely non-combat based you have people that were interior decorators they would decorate people's <laughs> virtual houses i'm not Shit kidding is nuts, dude. and couldn't you like destroy cities in that game yeah like you had player owned cities and so because i don't know if you remember uh slayerette he he used to play wow with us back in the day brandon yeah. he was one of the rugs and he was huge in the galaxies and he used to just go take over towns, like, PvP-wise. Yeah. Like, different than in WoW completely. Just, like, seriously run a rape train on a town. Yeah. Like, it was people, just, like, they were was, destroyed. The way you did PvP is, like, you would have to go overt, and that would, like, declare your faction, and it meant that anyone from the other faction could attack you. And so, if you were out looking for PvP, you would just declare overt, and you could go to, like, a well-known town of the other faction, where a lot of times they would just kind of brazenly be overt and not, you know, just be doing whatever. And yeah, you just like, you could just go crazy. And the cool thing is like between servers, because you had so much player based, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Like geography, like all the cities and stuff, aside from the main cities in the game, were all player, player created, player um, funded everything. Like everything was... If you went from one server to another, half of the stuff like would be unrecognizable. You wouldn't know who like the best armor manufacturers were. Everything was was player made. Yeah, that game. I mean, I've only heard good things about the heyday, but the heyday was not very long. So. Yeah, they they came they came and ruined it once WoW came out because they were they were obviously very afraid. Actually, WoW brought along these lines again, as we told Todd, this se this section can go on for a while. <laughs> um, there are actually well, these servers have been around forever. There's WoW like basically pirated servers, um, private servers of WoW that exist, and there's ones that only exist with, like, one, like, Burning Crusade, or, like, only exist with, like, uh, um, with, like, uh, Classic on there. Right <laughs> yeah, my wife, Slender Harvey is down here. <laughs> Your wife is Slender open, Harvey? You sounded, and you sounded disturbed, so I was like, yeah, okay. like, Yeah, she's stalking me. She's on the stairs right now. <laughs> I didn't know you married Slender Harvey. That's kind of yeah, messed that's, up. Yeah, that's a little weird. Freaky news. 
So anyway, that, but, that was yes. that was my gaming experience for the weekend. So I definitely varied it up a little bit. So thank you for asking, Scott, because it wasn't just tribes this week. There we go. All right. Well, now I'll have to ask from now on now, because I was just going to scrap that whole segment with you, Brandon. I know. You you never know. You never know. So yeah. you were about to write it off, but you surprised me. You just became in and you surprised me. And what and a- I even played a little bit of CS:GO. So there is Ooh, that. Very nice. What about you, uh, Fentanator, over there? I played nothing. It, it, nothing. Pretty much the same. I, no, I pre- uh, bleh, bleh, I played pretty much the same game in three different game formats because I just played um, Torchlight, the Diablo 3 beta, and Path of Exile, <laughs> which are all dungeon crawlers. So yeah. I had a lot of variety. It was a lot of looting. Well, you've also been, you've also been playing with my heart, so does that count? what does that count as? Is that a... <laughs> is that a Dungeon. That ain't no um, game. That ain't no game. It ain't no game. That's life. And you, you're coming out to Cali too. He bought his tickets today, so that's exciting. That's, um, that has nothing to do with what I've been playing. Yeah, but so. don't have to. But don't mention that, Nick Fenn. You know, don't say you're gonna. <laughs> even though it has nothing to do with this conversation, to be fair. But I thought uh, I'm actually coming out to see Dunkus, so sorry. Wow. All right. Well, you can get off this call. <laughs> Podcast <And> first. <laughs> I've been. What have I played this week? I don't. I don't know. Oh, oh, BLR. I, Play a little BLR. We did. We played some BLR. Um, I played some Left 4 Dead 2 mod with uh, with the. Fed. Oh yeah, I played that. Yeah, you played that map. I wanted to play that. Yeah, map. that map. Maybe is, you should have stayed I, up until like three o'clock in the morning I, with us. Played, <laughs> the um, that map is weird as hell. I don't know what these lightning bursts from this. Yeah. The smokers or it was weird. It says like the smoker has lightning. You. I, I was watching footage yeah. back. Yeah. I think so the I don't smoker know, turned into, like, Raiden for a second. Yeah. There's some bizarre <laughs> shit going on. But, yeah, those mods are fun. And what else? Some CSGO. Um, did some competitive stuff. I don't know. It's getting better. It's uh, This last update, I've talked, we've talked about it before, but ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It's It still needs to be tweaked a little bit, but it's getting there. So I think it'll be – and, actually, there's talks now, um, some pretty – Actually, substantial rumors that MLG is going to pick up Counter Strike Go on the PC, um, which, which would be very interesting to see the kind of production value that MLG does. With um, could we expect some Fwiz shoutcast? Yeah, I'm, you know, I would think so. I don't know. Well, he used to work at MLG. He doesn't anymore, so probably not. But uh, <laughs> so that, that's exciting. What about you? Uh, Daniel, you've been playing a bit of everything. Well, before before Slender Wife came down the stairs, there. <laughs> um, no, I. Uh, I have been playing a ton of stuff this week, actually. Um, played a bit of BLR, but uh, got in, got a beta key from a friend, actually, uh, for Path of Exile, and then I got Nick one from the dudes who run Path of Exile. Um, and for those of you who don't know what it is, I streamed it. We streamed it on uh, on the KB Mod channel, actually. Nick and I played a little co-op, which is actually way harder than... Uh, well, I didn't die, play. so... Listen, <laughs> I'm a melee character. I have to be in range. I'm not very tanky, as we said numerous times. Maybe you're um, just bad at your build. It's possible. It's very possible. <laughs> wow, have you seen the skill trees, Nick? Yeah, I was there just are, about to say, that is skill... I mean, what is going on with that skill tree? It's not even a tree. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a forest. It's a, it's a skill Amazon. I mean, that... Because... I wouldn't, can I tell you one thing right now, though? For someone that is not, that's never been big into... RPGs, mm-hmm. that skill tree right off the bat, I will never play that game. 
I will never because <laughs> well, I will be terrified you, like, of making mistakes. Once you actually yeah, look if you at, look at no, what it all is, it's yeah. just like percentage increases of things and so it's like, small stuff. This is knowledge. the thing. Yeah, this is the thing about that game that's kind of cool. First of all, well, it's basically Diablo. It's what the game is. It's basically Diablo Torchlight. It's a dungeon crawler, isometric camera. So at its heart, that's what it is. You click to move. You click to attack. You can bind some attacks to different keys. Very simple to control. Um, the loot buttons are even the same to show loot as, as Diablo. But the difference is, A, it gets really, really, really hard, which actually Diablo 3 is going to as well, but the old ones didn't really get hard. Um, B, the skill tree, so your skills, like your, your spells, Scott, yeah. you can't mess those up. Mm-hmm. Because those, you can actually, those aren't class-based at all. Like, a warrior can use fireball if he wants. Okay. Those are socketed into armor with skill gems. So you can, like, customize those on the fly no matter what you want with your skills. So you can build any way you want. You'd have a caster templar or a, um, a melee witch. You can, you know, do whatever you want. The trees are simply like... So you have three stats in this game. You have strength, dex, and int, and that's it. Agility, sorry. Oh, is it agility, yeah, not dexterity? I'm sorry. Yeah, so strength, agility, intellect. And those have trees by them. And the first skill on, like, the strength tree is just plus 10 strength. And every skill in that tree is passive. So, okay. in other words, it's not going to be a skill. It'll just be, like, percent damage increase yep. with two-handed weapons. And then maybe a special move or something. But um, there's 100 levels, and no one in beta has hit 100 yet. So, I mean, it's... How long has this game been in beta for, do you know? Six years. Okay, well, holy shit. I thought you were going to say six months, and I'd be like, well, okay, that makes sense. It's uh, going into open beta in June. Six years? And I actually said on Twitter today, uh, the way I look at... Path of Exile versus D3 versus Torchlight 2, which is the other yeah. uh, very, you know, same game, basically. Uh, Torchlight 2 is going to be more of the casual end, I think. Um, but it will still be very fun. Uh, Torchlight 2 will be more casual. It'll be like, you know, 20 bucks. Path of Exile is for more, more hardcore players, uh, I would say. And Path of Exile also functions like an MMO. When you're in town, it's an MMO, but all the monster content is instanced. It's like Guild so Wars like, 1. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it's more hardcore, whereas Diablo 3 is going to fall somewhere in the middle. It'll be the most polished. Torchlight will be really polished, too, but um, Path of Exile is free to play, and they're aiming towards a certain audience, and I would say the audience is the hardcore RPG crowd would be Path of Exile. Whereas Diablo is just like slot your skills in, really easy to play. And Torchlight is um, even easier and made to run on a calculator. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I don't know, it's a great game. I The more we played it, the more I just kept wanting to play. <laughs> like, I didn't want to end the stream, but we I kind of wanted to keep our, we'll talk about later, but our shows to a certain amount of time, but I just kept wanting to play more and more and more. <laughs> So your life, I'll probably I mean, your life is just over. I mean, if if Path of Exile is pulling you in, Diablo yeah. three, and then Torchlight two, I Dan. I mean, you might as well just divorce your wife now. Yeah, and get Guild your kids Wars two. <laughs> oh so, god. So I've been playing that a lot. I just talked a lot about that. I've been playing the shit out of Skyrim. Oh yeah, Skyrim. Um, 
So what, and, pulling you in now or what? Because you weren't really playing it. Well, it's been more of a... Uh, talk about games sometimes could be stress relievers. I'm kind of feeling that with Skyrim because you can just kind of do whatever and uh, just walk around. and. Yeah. I don't know, I'm just having fun exploring in that game, not really caring about what <laughs> what I'm actually doing. Uh, just doing side quests and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. So I've been playing playing those and uh, getting back into the RPG mode to prepare for May fifteenth. <laughs> so and of course been playing Blacklight and uh, yeah. You played Terra, did so. you? Oh, I did play Terra. Shit, almost forgot. Jeez, <laughs> Terra. That's, that's why you good. beat me this week because that that one puts you over the top. Yeah, Terra is really, really good. <laughs> if you're a WoW player, just drop WoW, bros, and just go play Terra. It's wow, more fun. So. Papa Daddy Blizzard won't be happy with that kind of uh, sentiment right there, Dan. Dude, I'm already going to play there. I'm already hooked into their WoW until October. Yeah, that's so. true. You don't really have You can't <laughs> go Wars too. Yeah, so. But no, Terra is really, really fun, and I'm in the process of writing an article on the uh, subscription model and, and why I think it should just be abolished. But um, it's just interesting to me, and I was talking to Brandon about this, that a new MMO would come in relatively unknown. Uh, you know, Terra's been hyped a bit, but I would say the developers and stuff aren't, you know, exactly, you know, they aren't Blizzard. And they're coming in here with a full price game, so you got to pay 50 bucks, and then it's fourteen ninety nine a month. Wow. Just like, just like the other games. I just can't... What, what I was saying is I would probably play it once WoW runs out, but who, who would pay for two or three MMOs? Like, I don't understand that. You don't have you to with Guild Wars 2. I know, I'm just saying, like, it's just a weird decision on their part with so much stuff going free-to-play and uh, microtransaction-based and all that stuff, so... But, yeah, it's been fun, kind of... I mean... Not even not playing Call of Duty, but just not playing shooters very much has been fun for me recently. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, well, speaking of Blacklight, you know who's really getting into Blacklight? Sark is, dude. Sark, Sark yeah. is loving Blacklight, man. He uh, He's kind of going to be, he has a six-year-old um, gaming PC that he, like, yeah. decked out at the time. It's got, like, SL. I forget. I gotta look at the specs. <laughs> I mean, it, it it barely runs. He has to run Blacklight on, like, a lower resolution. Um, so it's, like, older, but... So he's, like, getting... He wants to... Um, I mean, I was like, well, you're gonna have to replace your motherboard, your... I mean, because, like, his power supply... He's, yeah. like, a 1,200-watt power supply. A good one. He's got a good case. Um, well, I was like, then, other than that... To run, to run SLI, you practically needed a 1,200-watt power supply. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. So he's gonna be. Uh, I think we're gonna get him to to upgrade soon, which is funny. But yeah, he's loving. We'll have a new build guide early May. Yeah, we'll so. have a yeah. build guide then. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll maybe we'll just direct him right over there. Check yeah. that out. So sweet. You want to get? Let's. How about we? Uh, should we get into the news here? Into the news here. The news. The news. Um. Oh wait. Hold Brandon, on. Hold on. Everything. I just got a tweet that says, "Work at home and make money." Okay. Just checking. Sorry. <laughs> we now interrupt your scheduled programming to bring you an urgent broadcast from the front lines of America. All right, Brandon, go ahead with um, QuakeCon, I guess. Ooh, yeah, I so so uh, this, this just uh, came out today, actually, because we, we were talking about um, QuakeCon registration coming up, and I think last year it came uh, in toward the end of May, and I, we all thought it was a little bit late um, you know, to be doing that. 
this year they're doing it earlier, which is nice. Um, and so today they tweeted out that pre-registration is going to open tomorrow, and that will be the day that you're listening to this, Wednesday, uh, will be the day it opens. Um, so just like last year, they're going to have uh, several different options if you want to like reserve a seat. Um, it's still free if you want to just come and, and kind of take whatever seats are available. Um, the BYOC is still free like always. Um, but like last year, they're offering um, some different packs. There's like a swag pack for 40 bucks. It gets you a T-shirt, I think. Um, you can get a, you can reserve your seat for 30 bucks. Um, and I think the the best deal, uh, and there's only 350 of them, is 50 bucks, and it gets you like a fast pass. You get uh, reserved access to the presentations. You get like fast pass for registration for the BYOC and all that. Um, so. There's all of those things. Um, we'll probably put up an article on it tomorrow just, you know, in case you're looking yep. to go. Um, you probably want to hop on these registrations pretty quick. Uh, if you're in that area up. and don't go to QuakeCon, sorry, Brent, you're an idiot. You should go to a con if it's close to you. Yeah, literally uh, the only sure. reason, so if it's in driving distance for you, you should be going. The only reason that you shouldn't go is if, is if you, you know, have to fly and get a hotel and all that. If, if you're in driving distance, go to QuakeCon. It's, I don't, you will not regret it. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be there, Brant. Yeah, I'll be Scott, there. I, um, I convinced Scott to to make his push today. Yeah, we pushed it, so we'll be going. We'll be getting, uh, as far as I know, we'll be getting press passes. So, but I'm kind of, I don't know if that'll like be the equivalent of having that fifty dollar thing. Because yeah. well, if I have a press you, pass and some kid with a fifty dollar, no, it will be. You'll just be able to get yeah, it. Yeah, that's all what I'm assuming. So, plus. Um, well. Let's let's not take that chance. All right, let's just go ahead. <laughs> you just want me to spend? How about you spend fifty bucks, Brandon, and reserve your seat? I'm, no, I'm I'm already spending fifty bucks for myself. Well, I'm saying I'm getting a press pass, so you want me to buy this fifty dollar thing? I don't. Well, want to how spend about you just bucks. get? How about you just get me a press pass, and I'll have the fifty dollars right. too, and I'll just wear well, both maybe. of them. I don't know how easy it is to get Quake on press passes, but if we can get three, then well, we'll get I three. Think if, if, anyone can do it. if anyone can, double anyone can do it. You just tell them who you are, okay? That's, I'll tell that's you what, true. Scott. That's true. What? I'll tell you what, Scott. I'm putting you on the spot right now. Yeah. You better, you better do some stuff for us at E3. Ooh, whoa, whoa, wow! Get us some, get us some pictures and stuff uh, at least. Well, I can get you pictures for sure. I mean, but <laughs> he'll uh, pull them off some <laughs> other site. Pictures of what? Yeah, you'll yeah. be like, these were on Gamespot. <laughs> like, no, on Gamespot like an hour what ago, Scott. What are you doing? <laughs> like, no, bro. I took these. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I can. We'll do some stuff. Maybe. Dude, the Hawking people are bugging me. They're like, "You gonna be there?" And I'm like, "I, I can't just fly to LA." E3 is, oh, it's hard as hell to get. Um, they. I could. I could try for press stuff right now, but I couldn't fly out probably. So. They've really tightened it. What happened here, like, because we were talking about it here, and like, every year they make the security more and more and more. And now you basically have to send them like a scan copy of your social security card to even get. It's like it's almost that close. Like driver's license, a bit of everything. Yeah. To, to even. Well, if you already have an Ubisoft account, they probably just let you in. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's harder than sending your social security. So. Well, actually, at PAX, we were, we went past the Ubisoft booth and we just basically that we saw the uh, the nurses taking blood to get in, yeah, and we were just bad. like, Yeah. I'm pretty much not. They you were know, handing I don't out stool that sample today. cups. You know. It was, yeah, it was really? terrible. It was like I can't do that right here. Unfortunately, they wanted me to give a sperm yeah, sample. I was, I was like, that. dude, I don't want to play Assassin's Creed that badly. And the girl I gave them a sperm sample. Yes. <laughs> Nick just gave them one. Anyway. I think we're only a few years away from like having 
that Ubisoft account as a verified form of identification. So, like, you got passport, <laughs> like a state, driver's like license. Like a state verification. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I forgot my license at the bar, but I got my Ubisoft. It's like a driver's license. They're like, oh, you got an Ubisoft account? You can drink. Like, can you play registration, please? <laughs> Uh, that's not far-fetched. We've gone to a non-shitty developer. Um, <laughs> and Nick Fenton's been playing the hell out of Torchlight recently. Mm. So Torch- Torchlight 2 uh, sent us their... Uh, actually, Perfect World, who I believe is publishing the game, um, <laughs> sent us their opening cinematic, and I was like, oh my god! Um, and it's really cool if you want to find out what happened at the end of the first game um, and in between to the second game it'll fill you in on that but the coolest thing is that it shows off the art style which is similar to Torchlight 1 but they're going with more of a uh, cell shaded Borderlands look even for the gameplay um, this is a cinematic but what was cool as well is uh, they have a whole making of type thing on the site for the animation so if you're into that um, you can go check it out on their site we have it linked in the article uh, about about the opening cinematic mm. so very cool and uh, I'm actually looking forward to that game a lot like we were saying I think I think it'll probably be around 20 bucks um, I can't see it being much more so here's here's a question because here's I have to make a decision I'm going to launch into one of these four games it's either Diablo 3 which I know what Dan's answer will be <laughs> Torchlight uh, what are we talking about Path of Exile and Guild Wars 2 so I'm going to choose one of these games to actually, like, seriously try to play and get into. I, what should I do? I think if you're going to seriously play and get yeah. into it, I actually think Guild Wars 2 is your best choice. Really? Yeah, I was going to say Mainly that. because... I was hoping you, can, you would not say that. <laughs> mainly, because, mainly because Diablo 3 you can play casually and be fine. Okay. You can play Guild Wars casually. I guess the real question is, do you ever want to see us again? Uh, well, yeah, of, well, of course. Oh, alright. Dude, for, from May 15th, probably for the next month, I don't think I'll be playing anything, but, the, like, it would be very hard to get me on another game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Guild Wars, it's the $50 flat, well, same thing, I guess, with Diablo. Yeah, it's you're the not, same thing. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Alright, yeah, I'll have to... just gonna stream his life from May or 15th. Or you can all of them. Well, now I'm taking a shit and playing Diablo <laughs> 3, guys. Uh, got to come to this, I guess. Wireless Would you like me to put my bedpan in the webcam? <laughs> <laughs> One more loot run won't hurt, guys. Oh my God. Wife's gonna divorce. <laughs> I think he's collapsed. That's like chat. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's actually a good thing, Somebody though. call the police. If you if you stream constantly, then if you like if you collapse, then people will know. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe I, Nick Fenton. Maybe I will break and try Gold Wars too. I don't know. You're going to. I'm just going to buy. I'm not all getting of them. it at once. I'm getting all of them. <laughs> all of them. Also, Max Payne three comes out at the end of May. No, don't care. Guild Wars. <laughs> Probably not going to be out. Good as hell. But so uh, mentioned Hawking earlier, but uh, they're looks like they're really striving to make a world around uh, the whole Hawking uh, atmosphere. They had the the storyline at first anyway, which often with games that are multiplayer only, uh, they just, I mean, really don't care. Like, you know, it's a paragraph. (laughs) You know, here's the world you're in. Right. That's about it. Can I say, though, I'm one of those people, I don't need a backstory to play any multiplayer. No, me neither. Me neither. But I think it's really cool that uh, Hawkins is going to be inspiring some short films, mainly because mechs are fucking sweet. So if (laughs) if there's mechs in them, probably going to watch them. So, 
I look, it's cool that a free-to-play is going the extra mile with this, too, I think. Because um, Blizzard obviously has the dollars to throw, yeah. you know, however much behind the lore of a world Blizzard they want. Blizzard has so much money they could go back in time and create a mythology for a game that they were making in the future. That's something yes. they have, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but yeah, that is cool. I'm still jealous as hell I didn't get to go to PAX and play Hawken because it's Oof. sweet, dude. It's going to be so good. Development build was good. The real game's going to be good. Yeah. Um, but next we have, from the what the fuck department, um, <laughs> Dark Souls PC. <laughs> Seems like we've been over this the past four weeks with Dark Souls here. <sighs> Back and forth, huh? I mean, okay, so we had the whole, you know, we were talking about it before. So we got our petition. We're getting our game. Then we hear it's going to use games for Windows Live. <laughs> And we all, you know, everything was deflated. And then we heard it wasn't certain, and they were going to consider not using games for Windows Live because player la- the lash out from players was so so strong. And there's another petition with like forty thousand signatures right now <laughs> to not use games for Windows Live. And so we were like, yeah, we fought back, and they are they're listening. They said they were listening, and now they interview one of the developers from Namco, who said the game will be a straight console port. Um, That's really good to 30, admit. My Lord. 30 FPS lock. Oh, with, my. Uh, I did not even know this. Only, I'm hearing this. The only graphic options will probably be to change resolutions. Okay. Is what it's sounding like. Okay. Um, there will, they will not even put high-res textures in the game. Can I, uh, holy shit. Can I make a quick analogy that this sounds exactly like a celebrity marriage? Like, you know, like there's that honeymoon phase where that happens and everyone's like, holy shit. Two of the most beautiful people in the world got together. In this case, we'd have the gaming community and Dark Souls. And then you have the phase where everyone's like, oh, wow, this is getting a little rocky, you know, after, what, a week of celebrity yeah. marriage? And then, yeah. and then the bombshell drops. And that's, dude, what is going on? Oh my God, he was cheating on her. Brad yeah, was dude. cheating on her. This is, this is <laughs> fucked up. I yeah, can't dude, get over no, it's, this. at this point, at this point, They've, the game's Windows Live thing had not even turned me off. I was, I was still going right, to buy the game. Right. 30 FPS lock and no graphics me? options. That almost sounds like a troll, like they're fucking with us. That almost sounds it's like It's almost a troll. like they want to spend the money to, do, like, put this into production and then not make any of it back. Yeah, I don't like, understand. And then when it doesn't sell, they'll be like, oh, God, it's because PC people are just bad. Yeah. We're not going to redo this. Ever. No, no, you know what they'll do? They'll blame it on piracy. Right. Fucking piracy. Well, exactly. well, the other thing, was this like an offhanded comment? Like, was this guy, like, not supposed to be saying, do you think, this stuff? Or was it like, no, this is directly from the studio and developer's mouth? Like, this is what's happening? It was directly from the developer's oh, mouth. Okay. It wasn't like an offhand. The interview is in Japanese, but this isn't, like, an up to... Like, they translate it. Like, it's good to go. Well, maybe it's it was like awesome that. translation. Yeah, let's fucking... <laughs> let's hope. Uh, the thir- they did say that the graphics <laughs> options is not 100% certain, but the 30 FPS lock... That is, to me... I mean, that's that's worse than the Black thing, Ops locked at 91 FPS on the... Uh, Rick Leslie, who designs the levels for Blacklight, he was saying he played through Dark Souls on PlayStation, yeah. and he loved Loved it, mm-hmm. but he said, you know, it's, you know, how it's supposed to be really hard. Right. There was a part where they locked the game to 15 FPS just to make it harder. Oh my God. Um, what? And he said, so 30 FPS lock would be welcome, a welcome change. He said, <laughs> if it actually stayed at 30, yeah, because your movement got so choppy, yeah. it fucked you up. Huh. Like, <laughs> well, that, that so. just goes to show you how how starved the console gamers really are. The 30 FPS yeah. is an upgrade. <laughs> They're in using that. 
They're using yeah. that as an advantage. <laughs> be like, be happy you're getting 30. We get locked at 15, okay? So so many glorious PC Master Race memes need to be. It seems like they... I, I don't get it. It's like you listen to the community, but then you don't want to put in any of the work to actually make the game you know, run properly and play well on PC. I, I feel like they want to have their cake and eat it, too. I feel too. like graphics options aren't even work, though, because, like, look at the Alan Wake thing. I was on console for two years. They had a two-month development cycle and managed to put full graphics options in that game. Well, that's, that's like, what I mean. It's like, why... You can tell they're... I mean, if they're saying it's literally going to be a straight port, then it sounds to me like they're they're saying, okay, well, we got we got 90,000 signatures of, you know, that's that's a lot of potential people that'll buy it, how how little can we spend to put this right. game out <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that we can right. just, you know, so that we can just grab all that money. Um, if people are willing to sign a petition, you know, then we'll throw it out there and see, you know, see who buys it. You know what I, really I might know. have happened here? We might be overlooking this whole thing in that they really, when they made that little joke that, hey, if we get a petition with this many signatures, we'll bring it to... Uh, PC and like that was like one of the, they were like that'll never happen don't even worry about it and now they're like holy shit now we actually have to do it and we have to spend money serious money to do it and now this is kind of like well this is all we're going to do because that was a dumb thing to say in the first place maybe I mean I don't know <laughs> they always could have just said they always could have just not said anything Right. I mean, you don't have, you don't ever have to make a game just because there's a petition yeah. out there. No, you're right. You had so, all this goodwill going. Yeah, we were all happy. That, it just doesn't, it doesn't make camera. sense when you make so many dumb moves like games for Windows Live, straight console port. It's like the very people who are going to sign a petition to bring cons- a console game to PC. I feel like those are the people that have heard it's good on console and would like that experience, but they only play on PC. It's like, right. why would you? You're, you're just pissing them off. Once they find out that the game is going to have... The same people that sign the petition to get this to come to the P- PC are the same people that are going to sign this petition to take down your company. Exactly, Basically, yeah. That's the same people happen. that are going to boycott the game when right. it doesn't exactly. have any of these options. Exactly. Yep. So, we go from Namco to a company who does know what the fuck they're doing, uh, Valve, um, with Gabe Newell on random podcast from nowhere <laughs> announcing that... Uh, Dota 2 will be free to play, um, yeah. which is awesome. With some twists, awesome. I think, was the exact quote. Yes. We don't exactly know what that means. All the yeah, character I'm, models I'm are thinking, well. I'm thinking you'll be able to uh, get like a ton of extra shit if you pre-order with money or something like that. What he didn't, he didn't but, say is that Half-Life 3 is actually contained in the download for Dota 2. That's one of the... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it'll be free to play if you're wondering. It was kind of a big story, but it was all over the place. Um, so what I want to know is how you can get Gabe Newell on the first episode of your podcast. That's right there. And how you follow that up. I mean, how, how do you follow yeah. that guest up? Yeah, you sometimes, maybe... You sometimes well, welcome to week two. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I brought my wife Well, on. shit. Let's yeah. recap week one That's... with Gabe Newell. <laughs> the rest of their Gabe. podcast is just recapping week one. <laughs> they can't live up to anything else. <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard this cast. It may be very good, but that is that is impressive, and I'm jealous. And we need to get we need to get Gabe we need on to here. Get Gabe Newell, that's Gabe our really new do. goal. I think it's I don't think it's that far fetched to be honest. I'm not being I don't want to bring hubris into this, but let's be fair. It's hot if we put our minds to it, we can get him on here. Maybe Gabe yep. already listens, and we just need to reach out. To that's him. true. Maybe he does. Maybe our He's Lord and Savior Gabe Jets. Newell already listens to this. Hey, yo, Gabe, holla. <laughs> I've never seen anyone with more goodwill on the internet, though, than that man. I mean, obviously, Valve is one of the most loved companies, but you just go on Reddit, and people are, like, 
putting his face on bodybuilders and people love people. He'll put his face on the creepiest shit too. They'll put him on like supermodels. Yeah. I think it used to be a contest between him and Carmack, and then Carmack had made those those comments a while 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 back about about them kind of focusing on console, and I feel like now Gabe has like skyrocketed past Carmack for PC Masters. Carmack, can I point out a tweet that he had a little while ago on Earth Day? He hates Earth Day, by the way. And one it of his was tweets, so good. It was so good. One of his tweets was like, I'm going to turn on every light in my house or something like that to protest Earth Day. He's like, how is civilization supposed to move forward without light? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's basically the light up. bulb helps civilization more than any other invention yeah, in history. Yeah, like fucking idiots. What I think <laughs> Stoner Carmack lights Earth Day, though. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, Stoner Carmack's huge at Earth Day. Big, big fan of that. So this, uh, this I added when to the news this next thing when Brandon uh, mentioned that that Star Wars Galaxy custom servers yeah, what is it? Um, Alter IW the famous much better than Activision's version of Modern Warfare 2 which got uh, the cease and desist and got taken down is back in another form and this one they've taken precautions this time um, basically the main thing is is you will have to have Modern Warfare 2 legit copy to play. Damn it. I don't have that. No. So, I don't have it. I've seen it on sale on Steam sales for 10 bucks, and I may just pick it up. I'll give you my copy if I could. So, basically, it's it's the same thing as Ultra IW, exact same thing. It isn't ready yet because they had to overhaul it because basically what it does, it's not a standalone client. Obviously, you have to have uh, you have to have Modern Warfare 2, so it basically mods it. And oh, I see. Yeah, I'm watching this video. It now. basically mods yeah. it, so it's going to be dedicated servers, custom textures, custom maps, mod support, pro, you know, you'll have pro mod, all that good stuff. What the best part of this whole thing I'm reading here, <laughs> this is hysterical. Um, <laughs> however, since Activision will not allow us to emulate their service, uh, IW4M will only support dedicated servers and not matchmaking. <laughs> well, who cares? <laughs> we don't want to emulate your service. Oh, that's so fun. I guess they had to put... I'm guessing they had to put that in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's cuz, but it's still hysterical. It's like Activision was like, well, you can do this, I guess, because technically it's not our code. You can mod this, but... You can mod this. It's, not, it's Technically, it's modding, so you can do this, but you can't have them awesome peer-to-peer system of IWNet. If I was Activision and I had half a brain, I would go and literally find where all these people that are working on this game are and hire the shit out of them and be like, yo, can you come here and make, and just be, it would, you know, how much money does Activision make a second? I don't even want to think about it. A lot. lot. Activision Blizzard? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a monster. Call of Duty, World like, of Warcraft. Just throw us a bone. Yeah. Just take these guys and let them work on the PC version of yeah, the that's, game it's, for it's the next foolish. Call of Duty. That's how. That's like. That's how that's Quake. It. That's how like ID and Valve and Blizzard. That's how they got started. Hiring yeah, people exactly. that were passionate about their game. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. The uh, the Valve employee handbook came out this week yeah, with a, a whole history of Valve in the handbook for their employees. Oh God. Make- and half half the history, bros, is them being like, hired this guy who made this mod, and then hired these guys who made this mod. And like, oh, what do you know? It worked into making being pretty much the best company there is, Valve. (laughs) So, 
Yeah, don't read uh, that employee handbook unless you want to be really jealous of working at Valve. Yeah, working at Valve, absolutely. And if you're in college right now, that's, step up your game. Read it work. and step up your game. Start modding shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was awesome. That employee handbook, it was actually really interesting, just, just reading and, like, understanding how they work a little bit from the inside. I like pretty, how, like, at the incredible. beginning, it's like, you're going to be absolutely shocked when no one's telling you what to do. And you just literally, like, the idea that you would just find a project that you are passionate about and then work mm -hmm. on it is, like, it's crazy. Like, I mean, it works, obviously. Well, yeah. it doesn't work on the fact of getting Half-Life 3, but who knows? <laughs> well, it just means they're doing a lot of other cool stuff, apparently. That's true. You know? That's true. So, next up we have some KB Mod centric news. That's a word now. Um, and basically, we have started doing a lot more video content, if you guys haven't noticed. Um, like, fave, please. Yeah, like, fave, retweet, subscribe. Um, no, seriously, no, do, do, do all that. Yeah, actually, actually, do all that. Um, <laughs> so, I started out a, a new thing called uh, speed dating, which. Uh, actually debated at the last minute, call it speed gaming, but speed runs are a whole genre, so I was like, this is misleading if I do this. So, But anyway, we're gonna, we've are gonna we got that show rolling. That's like kind of a first impressions preview type thing. Um, I'm going to try to do the weeks in review, and maybe other people will do them some weeks, but I uh, just didn't have time this week with, with that. Blacklight Attack did a little indie highlight video that he's going to keep doing because he buys every indie bundle that comes out um he buys every indie royale every humble bundle um so he has a lot a lot of games <laughs> of games to throw at that um and the other thing we started doing and this was almost almost spontaneous because we only kind of thought it up the same day it happened we decided uh we're going to use our our twitch channel the kb mod twitch channel which we um, had and and got partnered, so we have the extra functionality of that. Um, back in the day, for the extra live stream, we got that done. But we're gonna start using it. Um, I did my first show, which didn't have a name, uh, last night, and it's gonna be all RPGs. We're just gonna be playing through, chatting with you guys, and then uh, the other two shows we have on the schedule. The schedule yes. is uh. Wednesdays, we're going to have Rewind Wednesdays. Um, this week's going to be hosted by Hexadecimal, uh, John. I don't know if it's going to be hosted every week by him, but he's going to be doing retro games only. We decided the rule will be it has to be, well, for this year, 2002 or older. So oh, wow. um, he's going to be playing, I think, Descent 1 and Descent 2. Oh, my God. Those yeah. are my games, dude. I at least loved Descent back in the day. So if you want to see some actual difficult games, yeah. <laughs> um, that'll be a good show for that, but also live through some nostalgia. Uh, we we made a whole list in a Google Doc of games we want to play. So, uh, you know, you've got your obvious ones on there, Doom 2, Quake, but we also have, like, the original Serious Sam, uh, Leisure Suit Larry, Commander yes, Keen. Leisure Suit. Um all kinds of cool stuff. So we've got that. And then on Wednesdays, Nick Fenton Thursday. here. Thursdays, my bad. Thursdays. Nick Fenton here is going to be doing a show all about mods, custom campaigns, custom levels for games called How Mod You Are. <laughs> Good title. I'm Good so title. clever. Strong. So I think I think you're starting with uh, Cry of Fear. I, I think I will start oh with Oh, my Cry God. Is it just going to be? You're not going to play the whole game, or are you? I don't know. Well, it's... Uh, we're start. We're trying to do these. I mean, we'll get feedback and change things as we on, but we're gonna try to keep them be 
like two hours um, of the stream or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if you want to come watch Nick pee himself from fear, he'll just Thursday. get through the first eight minutes and then quit again, like in that video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll probably have a backup game because I doubt I'll get very far. <laughs> no, you cannot have a backup game. You cannot have a safety net, Nick. You don't get you to tell me what to do, Scott Fisher. Hey, I got almost all the way through Doom, and I will finish it Hey, look, time, trip's so. canceled. I just canceled it. Well, oh. you can't, because Sorry. I took away your insurance information. Orbits.com. <laughs> nope. Sorry. So we're going <laughs> to... We're going to do those, and the other plan to use that channel is on, like, game release nights. Uh, big game releases. So, like, D3, Max Payne 3, um, you know, whichever, you know, really, if a new game comes out. Perhaps Binary Domain. Fuzzle um, Fuzzle just maybe come we'll online. Do, Sorry. We'll do a... <laughs> no joke. Um, <laughs> we'll do an Orion Dino Beatdown release stream, possibly. But, um, yeah, so... It's Twitch TV slash KB Mod, not KB Mod Gaming, no, no, just no, KB Mod. No. KBmod.com slash live. That's yes. it. Yes, thank you for reminding me. Sean, our magical <laughs> web programmer. Yes. Dude, Scott, have you seen the live? I did, thing? I was impressed. He programmed that in five minutes. That guy's a fucking. I it's no machinima live, but. I would kill him. <laughs> okay, Nick Fenn, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Trip is canceled now. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank God! He did uh, yeah? He programmed it in for us. So kbmod.com/slash/live has the chat, a widescreen nice. video window, and our show schedule on it. Um, we're gonna have a little thing up in the header on the on the site itself that just says live. It's not gonna be under social right now. It's under social. Say live when it's actually live too. Ooh, that was, I mean, good call. Be, I bet he could I do mean, it. Have, like next <laughs> to the logo and just say kbmod. I don't know. So, but yeah, we're going to try to do all that kind of stuff. I tried to get Blacklight Attack to do a show on indie games, but he works crazy-ass hours, so it didn't really work out. But um, we'll try to get him doing something. So yeah, that's coming up. And this Friday, we'll also be streaming this Friday because it is game night. Uh, And we have, I believe... A uh, tribe server. Yes. Ready yes, to go we, by Friday, if not now. No, it's up right now. That's uh, it, we didn't even have that in the outline, but yeah, I should mention uh, with the, the update today, we had talked about Raider Raider class update, and then the ability to have custom servers. So KBMod has a custom CTF tribe server now. Um, so we, I mean, I will definitely be playing that for game night, and I imagine hopefully many of you will join me. Uh, so make sure you have tribes downloaded, uh, if nothing else. Oh yeah, and uh, make sure that it's uh, patched because um, it will take nine years. <laughs> I meant to talk to update. Todd about that, but it's been like I hadn't opened up tribes in a while, and considering they do a patch every week, um, it had been probably I don't know if it'd been two months, maybe a little less than that. It took like two hours to patch. Yeah, well, you know what? That's your own fault for not having. Yeah. Well, I agree. I understand months. that's self-inflicted, but still. We were even gonna play tribes, and then and then you tell me this that you'd like never even opened the executable to update it. So I hadn't updated it in a long time, yeah, since we last. I hadn't either, dude. So. Two hours later, I was like, dude, it's still not done. I don't know what to tell you. It took forever, but um. Yeah, so this Friday, yeah. 9 p.m. Eastern, as usual, uh, I will most likely stream it on our channel. Um, somebody will. Nikon did it one week. Somebody will stream it. Yeah. Um. We'll be playing various games as we usually do. Maybe I'll go Shotgun Madness on COD 4 again. 
Um, so we'll see. But yeah, it should be a good time, and we hope to see you out there. Yeah, that's not the MEST like usual. This Friday, that will be April 27th, 2012. And now, we move on to the KB Mod Twitter questions. The Trout plays us in. questions of the week. And now it's time for Twitter questions with the KB Mod podcast. <laughs> that <was> it, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> I don't know, it's something like that. It's British. It's like, footy, footy, Twitter, Twitter, footy. <laughs> Footy, spot of tea, footy. God bless the queen. <laughs> Irish almost. God bless the queen. <laughs> so this first question, which I thought was an interesting one, and actually was one we've never ever had before. It's wow. rare. Have you ever had anyone break into your house or any illegal activity happen to you? So I'm guessing you were the victim of a crime. Um, I can start because... Uh, when I lived in Shadyside in Pittsburgh, it was actually a super rich neighborhood, and therefore it also has the highest uh, robbery rate yeah. in the city. Um, we got broken into several times. Little did they know we were four college students and had absolutely nothing. Uh, but they never got further than the bottom floor, um, but we got broken into four times in our back door, uh, and that was kind of, after a while, we just didn't even, we were really just, you know, really upset the first time like oh my god house got broken into but then uh once you went to heaven like three or four times you started leaving the door open and putting hands yeah just like dude just come in this is ridiculous um but also in shady side and this is the only time that i myself have been the victim of a crime my car was broken into and they stole my my uh messenger bag which they thought was a laptop bag and so they ended up stealing um, my work ID and Ooh. a can of microwavable Campbell's soup. Wow, what, <laughs> so a, what a getaway that, that was with that Thanks. loot. He stole my lunch for work because I was working night shift. <laughs> so he stole my lunch for, for work before hmm. work, broke broke the window on the car and took that stuff. Like This was right in front of a busy apartment building at like 8.30 at night, not at like 2 in the morning. <laughs> So that's the only thing that's ever happened to me. What about what about you guys? You ever get mugged or anything? Um. No, I've never gotten mugged. I had a scarring experience where uh, I bought a Trek 300 mountain bike that mm-hmm. I saved up $450 or $550 all summer working on a watermelon farm in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. That was like that was like my goal was to get this bike. So I saved up making shit money. I get this bike, this this it was my prized possession. I rode it everywhere. One day I didn't lock it up like and my dad was always like, Lock your bike up. Someone will steal that. And I was like, No, they won't. One day I put it outside of this uh of this ice cream shop without putting a lot because I was like, I'll be out in like no time. And we didn't even live like it. It was Lancaster County. I mean the Amish. Some Amish came yeah. and took I literally was in there getting a cup of water for two and a half, maybe three minutes. I come out and it was gone. And that was it. All that work, all that hard work on the watermelon farm for not, for riding it for like two months. Dude, I was, that still wow. upsets me to this day. I hadn't thought about it until you just told me. God damn it. Who asked this question? Who is this kid? It's, uh, this is from W. Chun Boy. I don't even know how you pronounce Screw it, but you, dude. that's what we'll call it. <laughs> Why would you bring that up? Yeah, dude, that's real. 
I have a couple crazy mugging stories. Although Brandon and Nick, have you ever been yeah. victims of crime? Yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've I've had um, I have my car broken into in college. Muffler car? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not muffler Did they take car. The muffler. No. So so I was just uh, it was at my at my dorm, and we have parking garages, which are typically fairly safe. Um, but I actually came out. This this got me really riled up at the time. Uh, I was parking on like the top, the top. Oh, dude! I was sorry to interrupt. I was friggin' blind with rage when my car got broken oh, into. Oh, yeah! It's just there. Like, I almost ran through like a bunch of red lights in the city. There, yeah, there is no, the there is no like no further feel. Well, I'm sure there are worse feelings, but what, like having your car or your house broken into or something like violated is just one of the worst yeah, feelings. You no. just, you just want to punch someone. Um, so I, I was I parked on like the top level that was still covered in the parking garage. So there weren't that many cars up there, um, but still a few. And so I come out. I was actually gonna gonna drive home on a Friday. I come out on Friday afternoon after class, um, and my my driver's side window just bashed in. Ugh. And and I like I have no idea how long it had been. They have little guys on carts patrolling, presumably to stop that kind of behavior or notify people when it happens. No, just nothing. No idea how long it had been there because, you know, I, I leave my car there during the week and I just stay on campus. And so, anyway, I, they didn't take anything because they're, like, I I don't leave anything in my car specifically for that reason. But, like, you, they, he, he rifled through my glove box and I guess didn't want my insurance paper and a microfiber <laughs> towel. So he just, I guess... Uh, <laughs> He just left, but yeah, that's the only time I've really had that happen. Um, luckily, I've had some. I've had a couple like dam other damages to my car, but you know, people are just dumb and yeah. vandalize things. I have nothing. I'm the worst damage. Didn't winter break your back window? Yes, winter broke my window. Winter vandalized. Wow, yeah. dude. Winter. Oh, and I meant to yeah. mention that, that I did have a crime that I never reported when Scott Fisher stole my heart. Wow. Wow. Oh. Serious? Wow. Wow, Brandon, you're definitely winning over Nick Fenn right now. Let me tell you that. I guess, if you need a rebound, but... <laughs> Shut up. All right. I was going to ask you, you've never had a turkey violation in Minnesota, Nick Fenn? No, I don't... take pictures of them enough and almost run them over with your car. <sighs> It was just walking around. City turkeys. Here's a crime that went unreported. Nick Fenton never reported the fact he hit a beaver with his jet ski. That's a crime. <laughs> and that should have been reported to the Minnesota police. That's true. That's incredible. That's so you true. were a per He's perpetrator of a crime. OJ got away with it. Why can't I? Come on. I can get away with beaver murder. I don't even know if I murdered it. I think I just knocked it unconscious. They could have drunk. You don't know. You're <sighs> you know what? So... My buddy Andy in college, he was a drinker, okay? Father <laughs> was a drinker. What, Scott? He kind of pooped his pants at the bus stop. Oh, no, you did. This, <laughs> no, I pooped my pants at the bus stop. This was the guy that, you guys, remember, what did you do with the toilet? Did he poop off the roof? Who? I, no, that's Barry. Barry, yeah. Barry not Andy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Andy, anyway, he's a huge guy, too. Like, And by huge, I mean he's, like, 6'3 and all muscle. Mm. But, like, uh, he's a little nuts in college, like... We would just, he would drink like, I mean, just insane amounts, <laughs> and and usually be fine, but he was one of those people who got like, I want to get in a fight, oh, and he would get get a bit drunk, but this guy right, he's walking home from a party, and Andy's like freaking tanked, and this guy tries to mug him, and oh, uh, my my other friend 
Teddy, Brandon, you know, McGash, was was with him. Uh, I used to play WoW with both these guys. And uh, the guy stabbed Andy, but, like, not very deep. And Andy just pulled the knife out and stabbed the Jesus guy back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? That is... The dude was, like, the dude, Teddy was, like, ready to run. Oh but, like, goodness. Andy was, like... Looking for a fight as usual, and this guy picked <laughs> the wrong dude. Well, badass, that you're like <laughs> back into the other guy. That is like he some Leonidas shit, thing, dude. It's crazy, dude. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't like he like you know stabbed him like heart. You know, still five it's, inches deep it's still in his just body. Like what? Yeah, and Andy was just like, oh fuck, <laughs> just like pulled it out and stabbed him back. Dude is like running away, bleeding. <laughs> oh, that is. <laughs> But yeah, that's a true story. I'm not making that up. So, <laughs> but yes. So next, uh, next we have from Itchy Poner. I thought this was a good one. If you could have the voice of any video game character, which voice would you have? Oh god, that's that's a tough one, dude. Um, Sam Fisher, man, from Splinter Cell. Ooh, not bad. I'm going with Snake from Metal Gear Solid. I was thinking that. Snake, you know, I don't know, man. Snake at times. Manly it voice. is manly, but it sounds really contrived in certain games. Certain of those games. Oh, that's true. Sometimes it sounds. How about the heavy from TF2? Yeah, there you go. It's good. <laughs> um, Sandwich. I wish Nick Fenton had Gordon Freeman's voice, so he would never fucking talk. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm about to leave, but whatever. Okay. No, you're not. You're still coming to <laughs> I was gonna say Half Life Two character. I like I like um um like Doctor Vance. Doctor Vance. Alex is dead. I like his voice. He's got a good voice. You want you want to be a black? You want to have a black voice? Sure. If that's if that's how you're gonna he's, categorize well, he's, he's that. Black, no, you gotta he, kind of do it to categorize that because he has a like Barry White. White people don't have Barry White voice. Only black dudes can have that. Yeah, I think Doctor Vance from Half Life has a good voice. I thought you were going to say the uh, nerdy, nerdy white guy. I was going to be like, why would you want that? Where are you? (laughs) Gordon, Gordon, are you out there, Gordon? (laughs) The voice for every Doctor in Half Life One. Oh God, yeah, painfully. (laughs) I think uh, I think I'd go for Wheatley from Portal Two. Ooh, Wheatley, oh, that's good British. Just like, mm. ooh, I might go Glados actually. There you go. If you're a chick, you gotta go Glados. Steve, sure. Steve, Steve Merchant is Wheatley. Yeah, Isn't he? yeah, Steve yeah. Merchant's he's Wheatley. awesome. Yeah, Steve Merchant's good, great. But you gotta, you, if you're a chick, you gotta go Glados. I don't think mm. there's any way. Badass. So mm. yeah. Okay. That's you're cool. stranded on an island. With one person on the podcast, who do you choose and why? Oh my God, Some Scott, Scott go first. Go first, Scott. Why? Go. Why do I have to go first? Go first. <sighs> I'm going just off practicality, okay? And out of everyone that we have on this, that is on this cast, there's no one more practical, more logical, or more check li- check it off the checklist than Brandon. Okay. There you go. So if I was stranded, Who's I would want someone that can keep a level head. Could yeah, I'm done. manufacture a boat out of <laughs> manufacture a boat out of a bamboo tree and just save us, and that would be Brandon. You're assuming Brandon's also survivor. Yeah, no, man. I just know the kind of types that Brandon that Brandon is, and he's the kind of guy that'd be like. Brandon looks kind of physically fit as yeah, well. Yeah, Brandon. Kid, Brandon would take us home. 
I feel. And I can't say, I mean, I think I'd have a great time laughing with Nick Fenton or you, Dan, or John, but we'd die. And with Brandon, we, <laughs> we would just die. We at least would maybe get off. There'd be a small glimmer of hope. But Dan, if both and I, you and I were on an island and we looked at each other, we, we'd be like, we're dead. I mean, we could yeah. give zero. No, no, that would be our first thought. Zero yeah. No shot us. Scott, I have no fucking ideas, yep. bro. We're gonna die. <laughs> that would I have zero. And Nick's zero. Would undoubtedly eat you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He might start eating you before it was necessary. <laughs> like, dude, it's day one, man. We haven't eaten six hours. <laughs> it's like there's coconut trees all you're, over the place. You're already talking bad about me. Is this what's happening? <laughs> you cannot deny that you would not so choose who would me. you choose, Yeah, Nick? go ahead, Nick, then. Go. Go. Alex. <laughs> okay. You want to be entertained. You want to be entertained before you die, don't you? you no, I'm be just being a spiteful bitch. I can <laughs> no. I think I'd go. I'd go with. I'd probably go with Scott. I think Scott. Scott and I have similar personalities, and so I. I think we would mesh well, and I. I feel like. I feel like we wouldn't. Me and you would just argue a lot. I don't think anyone would take John until you killed me and ate me. I mean, I love John, but you can't take him because if you need to eat him, there's really it's like bone. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like John would just resort right away. Be like, well, let's fuck, man. I'm like, well, it's a little early still, but you're like, well, we need to conserve energy. Let's not yeah. <laughs> let's not exhaust ourselves yet. <laughs> I would um, just, I'd, I'd be too busy correcting Dan's grammar mistakes. In, uh, yeah. Wow, and you wouldn't be busy correcting Scott. <laughs> Dan's like. Dan's like Mr. Like. Dan's like it's just me and you, Brandon, and you're like it's it's Brandon and I. <laughs> Get it right. We're about to die, and you can't even do it. Properly. We're both there, just skeletons of people. <laughs> He's still correcting my grandma. Uh, but See, all right, this next question might be up to uh, personal interpretation, perhaps not. What do you think Vince Vaughn's best work is for Voltage Z? Ooh. I, I honestly haven't seen that many Vince Vaughn movies, so I'd have to I'd have to go Wedding Crashers. Solid choice. Crashers is one of my favorite movies. I'm going Swingers. Swingers, yeah. I'm trying to look real quick, and no one's gotten the right answer so far, so it's okay. Yeah, see, there's a right you say answer. Say the breakup, I will kill you. No, there's a right answer. Trust me. Um, and you're not going to say it. There's. I can guarantee I mean, it. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me see. I would say two of my favorite movies uh, sort of comedy, Wedding Crashers and Dodgeball are up there. Dodgeball would be one. No? No? Still not right? Nope, that's the wrong answer. You're wrong. What's the right answer? The right answer is The Lost World Jurassic Park 2. Oh, my God. Stop it. And, yes, Vince Vaughn was in that movie. (laughs) I'm going to have to DB this. Hold on. Casted as Nick Van Owen. Yeah, I bet if you, what does he do? Him, that, I bet I he tells you that's his finest moment. Yeah, it, it is his finest moment. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. He should have gotten an Oscar. So a couple more questions. We are long on time, gentlemen. Yeah, jeez. Alright, we're going to make this a rapid fire. And this is one answer only. This is from Lost Woods. What is your current favorite musical artist? Go. Current. Coheed and Cambria. Still. Uh, now, now, every children, a local band. Matt and Kim. Mm. For right now. Uh, 
God, I don't even I don't even know. What did I even listen to? I listen to a lot of I listen to a lot of older stuff. I don't like I don't really keep up with current music trends. I guess I'll bands you've been listening to. Well I'll say I'll say Bullet for My Valentine. Ooh. Wow. That stuff's good. That from you. I do like And they're 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 good. Yeah. And the final question from Hawkster. This question is He's considering buying a KB Mod hoodie, but he fears that being covered in bitches 24-7 impacts his productivity. <laughs> he would like less swag on our, on our KB Mod hoodies. Hawkster, we're going to have to deny your request. Um, we live every day covered in bitches, and it's working pretty well. If you ain't living a life of swag, you ain't living at all. Well, he says it would, says it would impact million. his productivity, but, I mean, it, it's really a, a decrease in a certain type of productivity in exchange for an increase in another yeah. type of productivity. In reproductivity, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> true. You're going to have so many babies. It's going to be crazy. I, I think really it's a it's net game. put people right? off. Yeah, it is a net game, Brandon. I would totally agree with yeah. you there. So, You've you got to look at the positive. Fire hoodies, you'll have babies. Yep. There you go. I don't know if that's a good line. <laughs> You'll have babies. There you go. All right, guys. Yeah. Excellent podcast this week. Yeah. I do say so myself. And uh, we'll see you for the big four zero next oh, week. Yeah. Episode forty. Is that how old Bob shirt? is? That is how old Bob is. Wow. Good. He doesn't listen to the podcast, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again to uh, to Todd Harris. And uh, definitely come out for game night on Friday. Yes. Let's follow us on Twitter, like our YouTube videos. Favorite, sub, all of it. Follow, follow us on Twitch. Follow us on every piece of social media that there is. Yeah, except Google+. Fuck that shit. Oh, wow. wow. Reopen the MySpace account, and please follow us on there, too. We're on. <laughs> Put us in your top eight. Yep. <laughs> Preferably. The- all right, guys. We'll see you for big number 40 next week. Later. Later. Bye. Later.